But join us now to talk Raptors, and really we'll go around the NBA a little bit, from NBA.com senior writer. It is Steve Ashburner. Steve, thanks so much for joining the show today. Hi, sure, yeah, thanks for having me on. So, Steve, let's start here. your thoughts on the Raptors. I always find it fascinating to look at the people that look at the league as a whole and get more of that 30,000-foot view. Now, your midseason grades, you gave them a D-plus. Was that D-plus based on just what you saw, or is it weighted to what your expectations were at the beginning of the season versus the record you see now? Yeah, I think it's more the latter. I think that's the approach I used as I... uh as I graded all of the 15 teams in the, uh, in the East, you got to factor in, you know, really what they're capable of, what the expectations have been mine, but certainly, you know, in general, um, for those teams, uh, how close they are playing to their potential. Um, you know, you have different expectations for the Orlando magic than, than you do the Philadelphia 76ers or, yeah. you know, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's why we didn't bring you on here to to yell and scream, how dare you, because all our (laughs) expectations was a team that was going to flirt with 50 wins, and now uh, they'd be lucky if they hit 40. And I'm curious just what you see from uh, from this group, and you talked about how there's a sameness to the Raptors roster. We've certainly seen it. We love the versatility. The shooting has stunk. Uh, But just when you look at the Toronto Raptors, um, what do you see, and are you as confused as we are? Well, no, I doubt I am as confused because I don't follow the Raptors um, as heavily as you folks do. I mean, that's that's your team. I, I'm I'm sort of uh, you know the view from thirty thousand feet, um, and and so I just look at you know what's go, what's going on, uh, what I what I see. I agree. I think that there's a, a lack of shooting. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet's shooting uh, slump this season has been you know uh, heavily covered, but. You know that's important. I mean, he's the guy with the ball in his hands. He is the, uh, you know, the the primary backcourt threat. And um, you know, as he goes in a in a in a, in a real sense, so go the Raptors. I, I do think the, um, um, you know, the interchangeability, which is um, to be admired defensively, when you can switch so many spots. Um, you know, it 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 hasn't lent itself to you know great. Um, creation with the ball. I mean, you, you know, you, you get you got Van Vliet, and you know how many guys initiate the offense. Now I know you know Siakam is is capable of that. Um, Scotty Barnes certainly was a point uh, point forward. Um, you know, from soon after he walked in as a rookie. Um, but you know, it's still um, they're not getting. I don't think the the full um, uh, results of their potential. You know, offensively. So I think that that's a um, that's a that's a shortfall as well. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No. From us, it's just been a, a weird season. Again, a lot of it is just traced back to the expectations we had for the Toronto Raptors. So, from your view, and again, if someone doesn't cover on a regular basis and uh, devoid of the emotion that is certainly more here in Toronto, when you view the Raptors through the relationship of what they could or could not mean for the trade deadline, which is less than a month. How much attention are you putting on the Raptors and their players in terms of what moves they may or may not make? Well, I mean, I, you know, I think that they have to maybe fix things from within more than, you know, find some help from outside. Um, you know, if they could pick up either at the uh, trade deadline or in the, um, you know, the buyout market, you know, a little bit further into the uh, the second half of the season, 
um, some help, um, you know, uh, in those areas that we talked about. I mean, that would be that would be fine. Um, I don't hear a lot of rumors about the Raptors or any players in particular, either either those um, on the block or or those that they would covet. Um, I do think that it's a it's an internal thing. I think that. Um, you know, I don't know. Now I've read things suggesting the cupboard's a little bare compared to, um, you know, what this team has come up with and the way they've developed uh, players and later picks and free agents and things like that. But um, it, it's, yeah, it's, I just, my sense is that they need to be doing more with what they have rather than um, looking outside for, for the answer. I am. What I'm curious about is would they go the other way and become sellers, but we'll find out more in under a month. Um, getting away from the Raptors for a second, their opponent last night was uh, was Charlotte, and don't worry, I don't want to break down Charlotte's uh, front court. <laughs> I'm just more curious, as someone who covered, uh, you know, I, I love the uh, your avatar on your Twitter account um, with, uh, with, with you photobombing Wilt Chamberlain. I want to talk about another legend in Michael Jordan. And I was debating this off the top of the show. I'm, I've been trying to think of a player who had more success in their respective field of play and less success when they retired as an executive slash owner as Michael Jordan. And I'll be honest with you, uh, it's hard to come up with an answer. No, it's a good, it's a, that's actually, a, it would be a great story idea. I mean, when you think about, um, you know, arguably the greatest player ever. And then, you know, what, what did he do in his next professional act? And, um, you know, I mean, you could cut that across, across sports even. Oh to, yeah, uh, all sports. Absolutely. Compare and contrast. Yeah, like I, like I'll throw out names like like Magic Johnson, uh, a disaster as a coach. Um, uh, in terms of popularity, what Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson used to be to who they are now. Uh, I was even going back and, and joking, um, you know, about um, about old timey baseball players, uh, you know, right. who had like a better winning percentage uh, when they were a batter, like Ted Williams, and when they were a manager, or Wayne Gretzky as a manager of the Coyotes, but I. I think it's just stunning that that Michael Jordan has yet to f- experience any sort of success um, beyond what he does with Nike. Well, I you know it's interesting because internally, um, you know, I had my thoughts about the grade I was going to give the Hornets, and um, you know, uh, there was some discussion like, eh, do you think that the league is going to be very happy? with such a low grade for the team owned by Michael Jordan. <laughs> ah. So, you know, I had to sort of factor that in a little bit and I might've, uh, I might've bumped them a half a grade or so, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it is, it is interesting. Um, you know, the Hornets just can't get out of their own way sometimes. And, um, you know, I thought James Borrego was a good coach. He got fired. Now he had an opportunity. He was given, you know, a good amount of time. Uh, now they've gone back to Steve Clifford, who, you know, the first time he, he stepped away from NBA coaching, I mean, it was his health was was uh, involved. And I worry about Cliff in terms of this team and, and uh, you know, what he has to, to cope with. He must have found some good coping skills to be able to uh, put up with it, what he's found. Now, injuries matter. And, you know, having LaMelo Ball out for a good stretch, I mean, that hurt. But the team played about the same with or without uh, ball for the first half. 
so you know that's not the answer either um yeah that that uh i'm I'm sure it's an embarrassment to a certain degree i think that they would like to have more of a showcase um things were looking up in charlotte when they had the all-star game there you know several years ago um but right now um yeah it's uh it's a bit of a, a bit of a problem i think for the league and i and i saw Oh, God, yeah. And they haven't really had that real star player. No offense to uh, Kemba Walker. We'll see if it eventually becomes LaMelo Ball. Uh, Steve, I'll I'll leave you with this. And go read his work at NBA.com. Gave midseason grades for all the teams in the East. Um, If we go from the bottom, which is talking about Charlotte, to the top, um, you know, Milwaukee probably has the best player in Giannis but issues with Chris Middleton. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been incredible, but we're waiting for some weird thing to go on. Or is it the Boston Celtics? For you, is there a definitive number one team in the East? Well, I've been a Boston guy from the uh, from the start in terms of um, I probably put um, you know my highest priority on those teams that get to the finals. And, and, you know, when they don't win, um, I expect a lot of them when, when they come back because I think they've gotten a taste of things. I think that they learned some things about themselves in a long playoff run. Um, you know, I was not surprised last season when the Phoenix Suns uh, came back from their loss to the Bucks in the finals to post the best record in the regular season. Now I was surprised when they went down in the playoffs to, you know, that Dallas team. Um, so, you know, but I think Boston, they learned a lot. And, uh, the fact that they overcame, uh, the coaching situation that was dropped on them, you know, before the start of camp with, you know, um, Ime Udoka, uh, being put on a, a team suspension effectively replaced. Um, and, uh, you know, Joe Mazzula moving over one chair to, uh, to take things over. They've, they've been so, um, smooth in the handling of that. And I guess I look at it and I say, well, you know, Udoka was a first-year coach last year, and they're just sort of dealing with a first-year coach this year, and they've, they've recently done that. So, you know, in that outlook, I guess I, I give them points. Missoula deserves credit because, you know, he has not shrunk from the job. Um, he has put his own stamp on some things, and the way he, he coaches that team, both, um, you know, in-game and, and interpersonally. And when you get two guys like Tatum and, and uh, Brown taking a step, it, that's uh, it's a big one. It's 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 normal at this point in their careers, but it's a big step, and they're both performing so well, all star level in Tatum's case, an MVP candidate level. Um, yeah, I, I mean you can do a lot of a lot of good things, and uh, with, if Robert Williams third, you know, can get and yeah. stay healthy, and they've got they've got what you need at both ends. So that's my choice. It's a it's a good choice, and I mean we're just I mean we're all just waiting to see what the hell happens with Brooklyn. They could win their next twenty in a row, or um, well, absolute chaos. Steve, really appreciate uh, you joining the show today. Senior writer with NBA.com. Check out his work, and again, don't be angry at his grades with the Raptors. It's weighted on expectations, and if we're all honest. At the, at the, we might have bumped it up to a C minus, and that's probably about most we would have done. Steve, really appreciate. I used to yell at my math teacher when I got a bad midterm grade, but ultimately I'm the one that had to make things add up. Hey, I uh, I was happy when my French teacher ever gave me a D plus. So I thought she was being nice to me, so uh, <laughs> that's the way I always viewed it. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. Take care.